everyone. It's 2022. We're in the future. And this is the Badland Girls. I'm Rhea. And I'm Destiny. Welcome to the future. Yes, welcome to the future. The future is now. This is episode 29. Also, our baby's almost 30. Yes. Time to get into the dirty 30s. I know. I'm about to leave my dirty 30s in a couple years. Weird. How does that feel? It feels weird. Because I just (laughs) turned 36 and I'm just like, I I don't feel old, but it's like, it's a big number, right? Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's like, I I don't know how to feel about it. I, uh, I'm going to be, I'm 37 right now and I'm going to be turning 38 and it's just odd to think I'm at the end of my 30s and going into my 40s. Well, I'm going to have to get reading glasses soon. Glasses, that's <laughs> You like glasses. You look good in glasses. So that's well, not a problem. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that every per- person I know in their 40s has said that the 40s are awesome. Really? See, I haven't heard much about people being in their 40s. So this this encourages me. <laughs> like one lady told me, an old co-worker told me that you just stop caring about a lot of shit that like bothers you and like y- you get your energy back. Like you're tired all the time in your 30s and your 40s. You're like, I'm going to go out on a weeknight. Who gives a shit? And then like uh, another friend in her 40s told me that you just care less what people think about you. And it seems like a good time. Oh, OK, cool. So well, I'm, we do I'm looking have, forward to it. Yeah. We do have a friend that is going to be turning 40 this year, and that is Tracy Mock, friend of the show. So, uh, and we have a couple friends in their 40s, too. And they seem, they all seem like they're living the dream. Tracy doesn't look a day over 25. So. Right? Jesus <laughs> Christ. I have, I have more gray hair than her. She needs to go away. I just found out my pubes are graying. I'm putting that on the podcast, apparently. <laughs> what? I didn't even... I mean, I guess I knew, but I didn't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I just found out. Like, I I was um, <laughs> showering, and I was like, do-do-do, oh, there's something on... Oh, And I tried to pull, and I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> gray, gray hair. Nowhere, nowhere else is gray. So thanks, uh, or you're, you're welcome for that mental image, listeners. No. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I'm glad that, that we've started the podcast like this. <laughs> getting closer to 40 and then getting closer to uh, gray pubes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so New Year. Lots of weird stuff happened to me last year. well hopefully this year will be better like we're going into it kind of dogged because you know we got another year of this pandemic and Mm -hmm. we're probably gonna have to isolate more again because things are just getting worse and worse and nothing really got better when we thought it was going to get better so everybody's a little battered from that (laughs) yeah (laughs) but let's try to go into it with a little bit of hope a little bit of positivity just that you know some things in our lives are worth holding on to (laughs) yeah I just think I hope we're reaching the stage of the pandemic 
where it just becomes a part of our lives and we adjust accordingly. Does that make sense? That's easy to do when, like, the government is, like, doing what they're supposed to be doing. No. But but I, I hope that you know, people get through this year. I, I'm rooting for everyone. <laughs> yeah, me too. The government could be doing a lot more, but the fact that they're doing nothing irritates me. And, uh, but I'm just talking about, like, just, it's such a weird time, but you just really have to look out for yourself because <laughs> your government doesn't. So yeah, I just, yeah. it, it just sucks. I hate this, but. Yeah, no, it totally sucks. But. Uh, I am encouraged, though, that when my mom said she saw more people wearing masks when Omicron kind of came in. So I'm like, well, that's good. And so, I mean, like, I just feel like it's a natural. It'll eventually end up being a natural cycle, I think, of people masking up and then not. And then cycle, 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 cycle. So. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. (laughs) That's where I am. Yeah. Although I, New Year's Eve. Oh, what were you gonna say? I was. I'm not going to any movies anymore, for a while. Yeah, me neither. I'm not yeah. going to movies. I'm not going to uh, restaurants. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's. I mean, it's just not worth it. No, I don't think so either. Okay, uh, how was my New Year's Eve? Yeah, how was it? How'd you bring in the New Year? I just rung in the New Year at home. With my cat. <laughs> I also as, was home. As you do. I was catless, but I was, you know, I always have cats <laughs> on my mind. I'm always thinking about all my friends' cats. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Got to hang out with some... I, I've been... I didn't do anything for New Year's Eve, but, like, since my birthday, I've gone out, like, almost every night this week just to see friends. Because I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to see y'all for the rest of the year so i'm gonna get it out now which is like mm. not the most responsible thing but i'm sorry you guys my mental health i like have to like be in with people so i am uh, seeing people this week and i uh i'm being careful so don't worry about me but uh i spent new year's eve alone and it was kind of like a bad time like <laughs> got a little depressed, but I did mm. watch The Twilight Zone, and I enjoyed that, and uh, I I got the series on Blu-ray, so I'm watching episodes I've never seen before. It's so exciting. And the best thing about the DVDs, uh, excuse me, the Blu-rays, is that they have um, a lot of the old advertisements still embedded in the show. Like, what do you mean? Like, in between commercial breaks or just, like, over the credits? Like, at the end, they'll go, like... Or at the beginning, they'll say, like, it's brought to you by Sanka. And at the end, they'll say, like, don't forget, Friday nights on most stations at 10, it's time for the uh, Tony K show or what, Danny K show or whatever. Like, mm. little things like that. But So that's fun. That's a lot of fun. And then they have all the Rod Serling... Uh, he, he introduces... Like, the end of the episode, he'll introduce next week's episode, and he has, like, a little thing where he's on camera, and they kept all those in, too. Cool. Yeah, it's really nifty. I'm really glad. That was, like, a really smart purchase on my part, so, 
yeah, Twilight Zone on Blu-ray. It's worth it. Nice. Nice. I honestly cannot remember what I did for New Year's Eve. It was just <laughs> it was just another day. I think I played a video game and then I went to bed. Oh, I I did ring in the New Year on Animal Crossing Island because I always oh, think that's I, cute. I also did it because I forgot to do it last year, so I definitely did it this year. I did my birthday this year too. I didn't uh, do it last year, but uh-huh. um, yeah, I got to spend the New Year with all my Animal Crossing friends and uh. I, what did I do? I broke a champagne cork and uh, ended up waking up my roommate to open champagne for me because my roommate went to bed early. (laughs) Oh, no. It was a very, like, goofy, uh, lonely New Year. I'll I'll tell you more off mic, but, yeah, it, it it was... I watched um, my first movie of the year was Saw 4. <laughs> Kicking off the new year right. Oh, oh wow. Movies, it's a lot. Like, those movies get weirder and weirder. <laughs> okay, so what happened? I don't understand. Like, Jigsaw dies, but he still has all these, like, machinations in place to keep his work going and then you find out he has all these accomplices that they just keep revealing with every movie it's weird (laughs) did you like it i did like it okay it was very dumb and very gross but i enjoyed myself like that's kind of how i feel about those movies overall they're like i'm watching them for the first time because well i saw the first one when it came out but i didn't see any of the sequels so i'm watching the sequels for the first time and I find them really disgusting in a way where I can't eat while I'm watching them. I'm really squeamish. I don't like I like blood and guts, but I'm really squeamish. Um, and some of the stuff that happens in these movies uh, kind of test my threshold for that sort of thing. But uh, they're still really fun. Well, that's cool. What was the one you really hated? Mm, like out of all of them? Yeah, I thought there was one. That you, that you really didn't like. And maybe I'm thinking of another series. I didn't like the first one when I first saw it, if that's oh, what you're okay. thinking. Okay. I thought it was kind of overblown. Like, it was just okay. Um, but rewatching it, I appreciated it a lot more. Okay, okay. Cute. Uh, the first movie I watched in the new year was uh, Curse of the Cat People, which is a sequel to the amazing Cat People movie which I watched for the first time last year. Now, I love that movie. Yeah, the original Cat People is genuinely like frightening, gorgeous black and white, Val Luton produced, excellent film. Curse of the Cat People is a cash-in movie that has nothing to do with curses and or cat people and should have just <laughs> called should have just been called Irina and the Christmas Magic Gift. Because that's basically what? what it was. Yes, it's bizarre. I don't know. Like, I read the Wikipedia about it. And apparently, like, he wasn't even really crafting, like, a direct sequel to Cat People. And he, Val Luton, anyway. And he was kind of basing it off his own childhood. And then the RKO, the studio, they're like, we have to cash in on 
on the cat people money. So they put Curse of the Cat People in there, even though Val Luton wanted to name it, and I shit you not, Amy and her friend. <laughs> That's way different than Curse of the Cat People. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and then I watched I Walked with a Zombie, which I've seen a million years ago, but I decided to rewatch because my mom and I were on a little Val Luton kick after watching the original Cat People. I Walked with a Zombie. <laughs> um, that movie, I've never seen it. Is it good? I Walked with a Zombie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's real. I think it's good. You have to kind of, you know, take it in stride because it's also extremely racist. so i mean like it's not as racist as other movies of the period but it definitely has that like that that racist tone that all these 40s movies have (laughs) that dark african voodoo yes exactly oh my god yeah gross yeah no i um in that folk horror documentary I've been talking up, they go into like how racist a lot of the like American horror movies are in the forties. And it's a good deep dive on that, but yeah, no, that's too bad. But I do want to see it just out of curiosity, the architect in me, the horror, uh, excuse me, archeologist in me wants to know the historian in me wants to know. Yeah. There's some beautiful images in it that I really like. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Cat People, but it definitely is worth watching, in my opinion. Okay. Cool. I'm trying yeah. to think, what was the last movie I watched, since we're kind of in our regulars? Yeah. Uh, I watched Psychomania, which was fucking great. What is that? It's this 70s movie about this biker gang, and the leader of the gang... Well, first off, the gang is called The Living Dead. And the leader of the gang is this guy whose family is like, they're, I don't know what, they're witches, essentially. And they have the power to, like, bring themselves back from the dead. So when he gets the secret from his mother, he uh, decides that he's going to commit suicide and come back from the dead and be, because you're, you're pretty much immortal and powerful once you come back from the dead. And uh, he decides that all of his biker gang members need to do the same so they can just be this, like, menacing terror on the society around them and, like, you know, get kicks. And it's just, like, this super weird, ridiculous movie. It was really good. Oh, man. You said so many things in there that just excited me. (laughs) Yeah, no, you would love it. I I definitely think this is a Badland Girls movie. Like, for sure. Yeah, I will. I will watch it, and then next time we can discuss. Also, next time, I am two episodes away from finishing Midnight Mass. Oh, we can talk about Midnight Mass next yes. time. If it wouldn't ruin the audio, I would slam my fist on the table because that show is so fucking good. <laughs> oh. Just last night, I was going through Netflix with a friend and. Midnight Mass came up and I was just like, oh, the, why does it slap so hard? <laughs> <laughs> Man. It's, like, it's it's so quiet and like contemplative and oh, it's so good. It is. It's excellent. So yeah, we'll we'll be talking about Psychomania and Midnight Mass next time, but give oh, me sure. some time to finish it. So oh, definitely. 
Yeah. But, um... But, yeah, the last movie I watched was Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Why? <laughs> was that good? Uh, okay. I watched it because Henry Golding is in it, and I like him a lot. He's what very cute. What has he been he... in? I, I don't know who he is. Uh, he was the lead in Crazy Rich Asians. And oh. he was also the lead in what is now my favorite Christmas movie, Last Christmas. I liked Crazy Rich Asians. I saw that fairly recently. Oh, cool. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then, uh, so I'm like, why not watch a G.I. Joe movie since I know absolutely jack shit about G.I. Joe and yet have (laughs) seen every G.I. Joe movie? Really? Uh, Yes, I don't know why. I didn't really grow up with G.I. Joe, but go on. Neither did I. And yet I've seen every one. What's going on? That's weird. That's funny. Anyway, it was, it was decent. I liked, it was entertaining. I didn't think it was as entertaining as like a Mortal Kombat, but, um, I was mildly entertained. I feel like if I was a G.I. Joe fan, I might've liked it better, but, uh, Henry Golding was nice to look at. There was sufficient action, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) My mom and I just watch any Asian led movie these days. Because that's hey. how we, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. It is. It's become our thing. Like, uh, early in December, she was just flipping through Netflix and I was in my room. And she started watching a Christmas uh, miniseries called Dash and Lily uh, about two teenagers who connect over writing in a notebook that they leave at the Strand Bookstore in New York City. And she started watching it and then immediately saw that the lead actress was Asian, stopped it and said, Rhea, come watch this with me. We (laughs) binged it in one day. It is one of my favorite Christmas things now. I love it so much. Oh, that's fun. It's always nice to find a new holiday tradition. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But yes, that's how I've been operating lately. And plus, I'm reading this gigantic coffee table book right now called Hollywood Chinese which is a companion to a documentary that came out, I think, in 2007. And uh, the documentary was about the history of Chinese uh, actors and characters in American cinema in Hollywood's first century, to quote uh, Karina Longworth. And um, it's actually really interesting, like reading about all the all these like Chinese pioneers in early times and and just reading their little histories and stuff. A lot of Chinese actors I didn't know about. Lots of really cool lobby cards and photos. It's amazing. That sounds amazing. I would love yeah. to take a look at that and find some of those films. I'm going to have to track that documentary down. I um, yeah. That is a period of Hollywood where like a lot of the diversity is forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really interesting, too, because the the author and the director of the um, documentary, Arthur Dong, like, he actually interviews some of the actors who, you know, did uh, Yellow Face in these films. So, like, Christopher Lee, when he played Fu Manchu, and uh, um, some others, and they just are, like, so disconnected. They didn't think anything they were doing was wrong. And it's really interesting just to read their accounts of the characters and how 
they thought they were trying to stay authentic to an actual representation of Chinese people, but just not understanding like the deep seated racism underneath it. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a white actor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God for real. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's really cool. I, uh, I'm really enjoying it. (coughs) Excuse me. But, um, Anything else you want to talk about watching wise? Um, I don't think I have any other movies. Did we already talk about West Side Story? No, we haven't yet. Ooh. Oh, okay. I talked about it a little bit on repertory screenings, but we, you and I both watched it so we can get into it, but we did, yeah. uh, commit a COVID sin and go to a movie theater the day after Christmas <laughs> because I had to see Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Um, which I really liked. What did you think? I know this was your first time seeing a, an adaptation of West Side Story. It was, and I really liked it too. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought all the changes compared to the 60s film were really thoughtful. Um, I was pretty much bawling from the balcony scene on. Um, I didn't like... Like, the more I think about it... uh. I I didn't really like sometimes they would say that the gangs were like equally bad without examining the racism of the Jets but that's kind of a West Side Story problem and not a problem with the movie Um, they kind of equivocate them to each other in this way that like forgets that there's this huge racism problem yeah it's a very uh I equivocate that to the West Side Story problem, too, just of the time it was written in. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. It's just, like, a very, like, colorblind approach to racism. But it still has very good points about race and examines racism. Like, it doesn't... I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm making sense. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yes, like I do. It's, it's, yeah, it's still a good examination of racism, but sometimes when it like when the dialogue would kind of compare the sharks to the jets, it's like, they're not on the same page here. There's a different power dynamic happening that isn't being acknowledged, but overall the power dynamics are acknowledged. So that, you know, stops it from being a complete flaw. And then I accidentally read up on the main actor that played Tony and he's a sleazeball. So that was disappointing. Really? Oh my God. What about him? Oh, there's some allegations against him. Oh, ew. Damn it. Yeah, so that kind of ruined it a little. But overall, I loved it. I really Mm. did. That's awesome. Yeah. I liked it, too. I thought it was really cool and very beautiful. Yeah, it's... Oh, the music. The music makes me so happy. Oh, that's all that matters, then. I mean, that's not all that matters, but I... The... You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I went into that movie and said to myself, like, privately, like, if Destiny doesn't like this, then the world has failed. But. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I had very, I had no expectations going in. Because I watched the trailer really late, like, months after it had come out. And I was like, well, this looks like it could be promising, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. Because West Side Story is one of my favorite musicals. And, you know, remakes are always a crapshoot. And so I wasn't didn't have the highest hopes i thought it was kind of a weird project for spielberg 
but no, it was really, really well done. And like I said, very, like all the changes were so thoughtful. That's cool. I like that a lot. Are we ready to move into um, our jam? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. Now it's time for... Aw, Babbling Girl. girl. That's That's my my jam. jam. Destiny, what's your jam? Well, today is a special day for a couple of reasons. It's my friend Natalie's birthday. So happy birthday, Nat. Love you. Happy birthday. And uh, also, it is David Bowie's birthday. (laughs) Oh, happy birthday, David Bowie. Yeah, so I've been listening to... Uh, we have satellite radio because we're bougie and <laughs> on the app there's a limited edition David Bowie radio station that's just been playing David Bowie for like the entire month of January and uh, been getting a chance to like listen to a bunch of deep cuts and things like I hadn't considered so my jam is Hello Space Boy by David Bowie from his album Outside which is one of his 90s albums oh, so good it's it's like ridiculously synthy and he does all these characters and it's it's him kind of like i can't remember i think this predates him working with like trent reznor and stuff but like yeah it's it's electronic bowie and it's very good oh. um yeah just oh, i love him <laughs> his birthday is so close to your birthday i don't think i ever knew that yep Four days apart, me and Elvis and Bowie and Nat. <laughs> Aww. When's Elvis's birthday? Today. What the heck? So <laughs> many people's birthdays are today. That's amazing. Today being January 8th, just so everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. I've been, like, cycling through so much new music. It's hard Ooh. for me to single out a jam We'll do some shout-outs. Let's hear the shout-outs. Oh, the shout-outs? Oh, that's such a good idea. So I've been listening to um, Beach House. They released an album in December last year. And uh, they're always great. Yeah, I was about to say, that's a band I always sleep on. But every time I listen to them, I'm like, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Same. Same, same, same. Like, why aren't I listening to more Beach House? This is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I really love the... So the new album is called Once, Twice, Melody. And I really like the song Superstar on it. Not a cover, uh, but still really great. And uh, I discovered two folk artists from different time periods. Uh, one of them is Sib... Sibley Bayer and I found her album The Color Green and her voice and her sound is just oh it's just the perfect folk kind of melancholy that I'm into she's a German singer songwriter from the 70s and uh, definitely check her out and then I also discovered this other uh, folk artist from the I think the 1920s her name is Connie Converse oh and, I've talked uh, about Connie Converse oh I can't I didn't remember yeah she like disappeared right yeah that's exactly right yeah and so I've been go ahead 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, she was making music, I believe, in the 60s. Oh, okay. Sorry. And, My bad. <laughs> no, it's okay. And and she, like, went off somewhere. Did she leave a note? I can't remember. But they don't know where she is. She might be dead. She might be alive. Like, she just, and she recorded this album, um, How Sad, How Lovely. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just the prettiest folk stuff I've ever heard. Yes, I love it. It's really good. And then I, uh, ever since I watched Dash and Lily, I've just had this little renewed love affair with New York City. I don't know if any of you know this. I'm not sure if I ever talked about it. But when I was in high school, it was my dream to move to New York City and go to college there. It was all I wanted to do. I wanted to go to the big city. Yeah, it ended up changing and shifting as I got closer to graduation. Uh, And then I just ended up kind of forgetting about it as years went on. But there was something so charmingly New York about Dash and Lily, and it really renewed my interest. So I'm making a playlist called Take Me to New York City. And uh, one of the songs, my number one, the first song on there is a song called Manhattan by Cat Power, which was actually in the series Dash and Lily. And I really like it. It's kind of like, you know, the kind of like the more synthy era of cat power. And I really like it. I've always really liked her, though. So. Um, but yeah, that's just some shit I've been listening to. <laughs> so much nice. different stuff. That's lovely. I've like seriously like been listening to uh, mostly just Bowie. Like <laughs> it's been a Bowie heavy January. Well, that makes sense because it's his birthday month. And you love it's Bowie so much. And I, and I love him. I remember. I know he's not perfect, but I love him. I remember at one of your birthday parties, we were at Thai Pepper. And uh, you just kept saying over and over, has anyone listened to the new Bowie? New Bowie is so great. <laughs> I love new good. Bowie. And it was amazing. Uh, and then he died like days yeah, later. He did. <laughs> it was really yeah. sad. It was, it was like, awful. Oh my God. <laughs> Because I believe he died on the 10th of January. Like, he died either right before his birthday or right after his birthday. And it, Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> all that stuff came out. And the one that still makes me verklempt is the the last email he wrote Brian Eno. Oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. No, it was sad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah just been listening to a lot of stuff and i'm like i'd love to go to new york city this year but god damn it i don't know if that's ever going to happen yeah i was gonna say no one's traveling yeah for christ's sake i've I've been to new york city just for a night and it was really magical like i had a good time i had a great time i would love to go back so maybe we'll have to arrange something when you know things die down really because i still feel like one of the the biggest ways you can get COVID is just by traveling. Traveling. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So I have to put that on hold for a little bit, but that's okay. It's so, a good dream. Thank you. But yeah, uh, I just, uh, it's 2022. Yeah. And we're eight days into this new year. Feels pretty much the same as <laughs> last year. <laughs> You're so and funny. Even with the just a new variant on the horizon, it's like, yay, love that. Love it hearing about hard. that. <laughs> it's hard to go in positive. That's why I'm trying to, like, 
stay positive because it's really hard to go in with like <laughs> like I didn't make resolutions this year. Oh god, okay, neither not, did I. Okay, that's technically not true. I made a couple of private things that I want to work on. Okay. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. One of them is not private. Like I applied, I'm, I'm in the process of applying to grad school. Uh, so like that's part of my goal is to like get through that because it's something I can control as opposed to like the environment and the pandemic and the world. Um, but my other goal was like a private goal of just like kind of prioritizing my mental health by doing some very specific things. And so I did make those goals because I'm, I've been struggling since Christmas and I um, really need to like take care of myself. So I, I do have a couple of goals, but like usually I make a huge fucking list and I like make it fun and I try to do all this shit. And no, I did not do that for 2022. Yeah. And you know what? I actually think that's really healthy mentally. I look at it like this. I look at it like this. So last year, uh, I also, I went into the new year of 2021 and I had a big list of goals. I wrote in colorful markers all, all across my little planner. And then, you know, I stuck to some of them in the beginning and then I stuck to, uh, I stuck to some of them in the beginning and then I forgot about them and then I felt guilty and then I changed a bunch of them. And then I've ended up abandoning the whole thing six months on. And it's just this weird, I went through a really weird cycle, like even before my breakdown, where I just felt like I was kind of living in fits and starts where I was just like, okay, I'm going to get started doing this thing. I'm going to get started doing this thing. And then I just wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. And then the next month would come along and I'd be like, okay, gonna, gonna get my life on track. I need to get my life on track. And then it just wouldn't happen. And I realized that a lot of that was just building up and building up and building up. And I, I think even without that medication shift, I would have had a breakdown of some sort anyway. I don't think it was solely that medication dosage shift that did it is what I'm trying to say. I just feel like it was a long, yeah, it just feel like it was a long time coming. So then this year I just decided, you know what? Fuck that. Fuck that noise. Fuck goals. I just like... I like goals and I like resolutions, but I have to be more realistic towards my mental health. So I just kind of just designed to just kind of take it as it goes. And just like, I made like little, I made a list, a loose list of things I'd like to do, but I didn't commit myself to like any of them really hard, hard line. Right now, I'm just kind of like, I made myself like a little, uh, what do they call that? Habit tracker. And I'm just like tracking like seven or eight habits really simple stuff like flossing is on there and like reading and like you know catching up on some other reading and stuff and I don't like I don't like beat myself up if I don't accomplish any of it I just wanted to track it and see like how much I actually get done and like kind of try and recognize my patterns and rhythms and instead of trying to force myself into this like you can be this person kind of box I I'm trying to be more gentle with myself and be like okay recognize who you are and then just slowly make changes based on who you already are because you yourself right now are not 
an incomplete person because you haven't completed any of this shit. I love that. Thank you. I also it's just really re- empowering. It is. I just feel like I was reading a lot of stuff, a lot of books, fiction, nonfiction, and just memes, I guess, on Instagram. And like the one that always stuck with me, it was from, I've seen it a lot of places, but I specifically remember it from the tea, the tea Dragon Festival, which was the last in the tea, tea Dragon Society graphic novels that I really enjoyed. It's like, you are a whole person right now. And it's something that I keep reminding myself of as I move forward and want to dedicate myself to new things or picking up things that I had interest in before that I let fall to the wayside. And, and I just keep, you know, telling myself I'm a, I'm a whole fucking person right fucking now. I'm a whole person. And the other thing that I do this for is just because, you know, I was so critical of everything I didn't accomplish last year, I actually missed some pretty big things that I did accomplish. And all I could focus on was like, well, fuck, I didn't get this done. So I that's why I'm kind of approaching this method, because I just feel like, for me personally, making goals is just too... It I just put too much too much into it and then I beat myself up if it doesn't end up going the way I want it to go so I needed to find a more gentle method of making plans and planning to do stuff because I love to plan let's not be real I mean let's be real and (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but just making sure that I that I focus on it in a more healthy way than the way I've been doing and I do blame a lot of uh, planner culture for this as well because I had a goal notebook from Erin Condren last year and just the way it was set up was just so fucking stressful. And even though she had stuff in there like, you know, be kind to yourself. I'm like, you're still doing this heavily structured thing that relies so much on productivity. And it's just like, that's not a way to live for me. No, productivity is a capitalist mode of being like how much you produce does not you know show your worth yeah exactly and that's something i'm also trying to kind of come to terms with too because i feel like that was a a huge thing for me where it's just like oh my god i'm not doing this one thing every day i'm i'm wasting my life (laughs) so sorry i like started to think and like about what you were saying and (laughs) kind of zoned out (laughs) no it's okay i have a lot of feelings about this no this is i i'm i'm really glad that you're like taking your mental health as initiative and taking care of yourself and not doing goals and i i like all of this. this is very inspiring to me thank you i just like i'm glad that you're focusing on just a core couple things too and uh I think that's inspiring as well. Thanks. Yeah, I just couldn't do a bunch of goals. And plus, it's like, I don't have a lot of energy. Like, I have to be realistic. I'm anemic. I uh, sit in a chair for eight hours a day working. Same, like, I same. just don't have a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, God. I feel the same way. I just, like, I, I want to just be kind of kind to myself. I just feel like I've spent the past year just not 
being kind to myself and seeing it all blow up in my face was just a huge wake up call for me. Mm. And yeah, sometimes it takes that, unfortunately. I know. But like I said, I feel better. My only ridiculous goal is I want to read 200 books this year, but I read 175 last year, so I don't think that's too hard because most of the books I read are graphic novels and I read like one a day. That's awesome. My goal, (laughs) I always make 50 my goal. And then like last year, I think I only read 30 books. So this year my goal is only like, I think it's 25 or 30. I can't remember now, but I lowered it so I could try to actually hit it because I read slowly. Like, that's just the thing about me. I used to read really fast, but now I read very, very slowly. Like, I'm still schlepping through books that I started in uh, November. So, yeah. Um, Trying to read more poetry. A friend sent me some lovely poetry books I'm going to get into. Um, Reading some witchy nonfiction, like always. But I'm trying to read more fiction because, like... I just barely read any last year. I think I read maybe five fiction books out of the, you know, 25 books I did read. Really? Wow. Yeah, I really cut back on fiction. Um, but that's because I was doing a lot of, like, spiritual study stuff. Well, that's cool, And just though, reading too. up on that. Yeah, no, I, I, do, I don't regret it, but I do miss fiction. So mm. if yeah. I were going to make a resolution, it would be to read more fiction this year. Yeah. Fiction, to me, uh, speaks deeper when I'm having a personal crisis than any self-help book will. Yeah. Yeah. No, art is the answer. That's kind of what I came... My my epiphany on New Year's Eve to get me out of my depression was like, I just need to see my friends and and see more art. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Because I've been reading on and off this book, this kind of like a what's the word kind of like idioms kind of book by Matthew Haig about you know just his experiences with depression and I've just put it up and down and I don't know it just doesn't hit as deep as when it's in fiction I love that art is the answer it really is so yeah just you know spend your time watching great movies reading great books some bad books too some bad movies too yeah. Because uh, you'll learn something about yourself. <laughs> you, yeah, for real. I feel like you learn a lot about yourself with the art you consume, be it good or bad, whether you like it or not. Right? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Oh, an RIP to Betty White. Oh, yeah. And Sydney Poitier. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh. I found out yesterday. I... I uh, one of the few deaths I didn't learn about through Twitter. Somebody at work told me. Oh, wow. And Peter Bogdanovich. Watch Targets. Oh, yes. Targets. Oh, my God. Targets. And he's so good on The Sopranos. And he's so good. Uh, last picture show. Last picture show. Yeah. I didn't know oh. he was on The Sopranos till I was reading his uh, uh, his kind of obituary on Variety. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Yeah. He's <laughs> Dr. Melfi's uh, shrink. Nice. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, he was great. I uh, really liked him. Yeah, me too. Gotten, he had an interesting life, um, and he put out a lot of work that's yeah. worth digging into. Same thing with uh, Betty White. I was watching a clip of her on the match game, which was really cute, and I liked it. 
Yeah, no, my favorite thing about uh, the reactions to her death were so, like, the the variety of people, the diversity of the people coming out to, like, say nice shit about her was, like, amazing. And then, like, I found out about that tap dancer's career that she, like, lost a job over. Like, there was yeah. this black tap dancer that she put on her show and people complained and she was just like, live with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she was badass. She I, was. Uh, I loved the Golden Girls. My favorite was always Blanche, but Rose was a close second. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they're all gone now. Aw. Yeah. No, it is sad. I think, too, that means that, like, most of the actors who were in Mary Tyler Moore show are also have passed away. (laughs) Aw. That is sad. Yeah. All the adult actors, I think they all died within the last couple years. Well, friends, this is our first episode of 2022 and the beginning of many more episodes with your beloved Badland girls, Rhea and Destiny. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, You can find this episode and show notes on uh, our website, which is Abnormal Mapping slash Badland Girls. And thank you to Abnormal Mapping for hosting us. You can email us. Please email us at badlandgirls at gmail.com. And you can find us on the social medias and Facebook and Twitter at Badland Girls. And we're syndicated or, you know, casted out on all your favorite podcatching apps like Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and such. And you can also catch Destiny on her other podcast, Repertory Screenings. What are you watching? Okay, we just watched A Face in the Crowd by Ilya Oh Kazan. my! Whoa! Yes! That movie! I love it. Yeah, that movie's phenomenal. And then we're going to watch uh, Hero, the Jet Li movie. I don't know what that is! Oh my god! I can't remember the name of the genre that it is, but it is a specific, like, martial arts sort of epic. Oh, Cool! Yeah, I'm really excited. I really like uh, martial arts films. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm wow. underwatched in that genre, so like, I'm super hyped. Nice, nice. Well, uh, there you go, friends of the show. And until next time, always, always pizza, pizza rolls. rolls. Woohoo!